I realize now these are all ways that like addiction manifests itself because mm-hmm. it was the lack of impulse control. Yeah. If had I thought about it, I wouldn't have done those things, but I was just like, yeah, I just needed that fix. And I was like, and I got that, you know, when you, whatever it is, like a drink mm-hmm. or even like, you know, buying some expensive pair of shoes, you get that rush. Oh yeah. Hi guys, this is Al from Al Anonymous, the podcast you're listening to. Today I'm talking to my friend Susie Katz, and we'll be discussing sobriety, recovery, alcohol, love, relationships, all the good stuff. So enjoy. And here is your weekly reminder to pretty please subscribe to my Patreon or rate and review this podcast, Al Anonymous, on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy this episode with Susie. Hello and welcome to Al Anonymous. Today I have a very special guest. My friend, Susie Katz. Do you want to say hi, Susie? Hi, everyone. And today, we will be discussing, you know, the normal stuff. Addiction, recovery, mental health, lifestyles. How would you like to begin? I guess I could start with my somewhat exploration or journey into sobriety. Or when I realized that I needed to get sober. Okay, yeah. Yeah, when did you start drinking and when did you realize you needed to get sober? So I started drinking when I was probably about, I want to say, 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. Um, It started as sort of just like a, um, a fun activity, social activity that I did um, when I was going to high school. I, you know, was really into the post-punk music scene, and this is embarrassing. I used to really like the the Strokes, so that whole, like, cool post-punk revival. I loved it, too. Um, you know, and I was underage, obviously, and a lot of the the shows were being held at places like the Mercury Lounge. Mm-hmm. So cool. And, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, by day I would be a studious student getting my straight A's and by night I would be going to to see my favorite band at a bar and you know I'd live this double life for like a a while because I started making friends in the bar scene and they were a lot older than me yeah did you have a fake ID I did have a fake ID of course that was a dumb question (laughs) but um (laughs) it was it's funny to look back on because I definitely did not look of drinking age but yet somehow everyone was fooled yeah into believing like they obviously they didn't see my id um but like it it blows my mind how how we've all gotten away with the fake ids yeah i mean i i think honestly like they just obviously like the bouncers probably just didn't care right i mean at one point i had this id and it was a blonde haired blue-eyed girl that looked 
I mean, I had bleached hair at the time, but it was like very obviously bleached, and I looked nothing like this girl. Uh huh. Um, and yet it worked to get into all these places because, like, I I don't think they really cared. But I then, guess everyone kind of just looks alike in those little photos anyway. Do they though? But do they really inspect the picture? You know, I don't know if they did. I feel like there was definitely some times where they looked at the ID, looked at me, and were like, whatever, this person's <laughs> right. white, that person's right. white, and it's uh, fine. Exactly. But um, it was weird because I became friends with all these people that were a lot older than me, mm-hmm. and some of them knew how old I really was, and some of them didn't. And depending on you know where they were in my hierarchy of friendship, I did not tell some people how old I was, and mm-hmm. I let them believe it for you know, one, two, three years. And, you yeah. know, and it was, and I remember at one point even being found out like by some guy that I was like hanging out with. And he was just like, wait, you're only like 17. And I think he was probably like, I don't know, t- 20 or 20. Because back then you had to be 18 to be on MySpace. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, okay. I well. remember setting mine <laughs> to 18 because you weren't allowed to set it to your real age. But that was all. Um, maybe okay. I'm I don't remember too much that, about but my maybe. Um, but anyway, so yeah, and then he like he never spoke to me again. Um, but so I started drinking to sort of keep up with my friends, and then you at know, the shows at the shows, mm-hmm. and then it was just sort of a social lubricant because I definitely had you know anxiety about just hanging out with people that were a lot older than me, mm-hmm. even though looking back. They were losers. They were losers. Hanging out with a teenager. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, and it was always, it was always about getting like blackout drunk. Like we'd actually drink to the point of blackout drunk because then we'd have a funny story to talk about the next day. It's like, oh, remember when, you know, we went to that club and like, I mean, there were times where I was so drunk where I like, I actually showed someone my Metro card because I was so drunk that I didn't realize that I wasn't showing them my ID. And, you know, and then it was just something that everyone laughed about. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like horrified. That's no, that's still pretty funny. I feel like, Oh yeah. One time I like pulled out a condom instead of my, my ID one time at a grocery store instead of my debit card. And I was just like, wait, what? But that was just like a ditzy thing that happened. And then I, also, I can't believe I had a condom in my wallet at the time. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's so unlike me. Anyway. Yeah. So and the, the funny stories. Oh, my God. She was so drunk that right. she... Right. And then... I don't know. I mean, so it was always, like, this line of, like, you know, be, you know, lo- loosening your inhibitions and then versus, like, just being, like, you know, like blackout. a sloppy blackout drunk where, like, mm-hmm. you know, guys would take advantage of you mm-hmm. and then... I mean, there was incidents where this went on for years, right? Because it wasn't just in high school. Once I started down that road, even though I was still functioning and I still, you know, graduated from high school, went on to college, I still spent, I would say, like 85% of my life drinking Mm because that was what we did for fun. Yeah. And then, you know, we would go, we would do the whole, the rounds. We would go to 2A. Oh, I heard, you know, so-and-so stroke is going to be there and then we would go to like 7b because the white stripes were hanging out there and then we would go to manitobas because you know some other person was spotted there and sometimes we would hang out with them at the same table and sometimes we would not but it was a whole east village east village like yeah and it was like it was a social scene but it's 
it's crazy to look back on because these people were so much older than I was. And I think some of those people are probably older than I even am now. And I'm 35. Wow. Um, I would never spend time you with know somebody what? my age. I mean, like I, the scene, because I was, I was involved in the scene as well, upstate New York. So I was seeing a show three times a week pretty much and there are a lot of like old dudes in the scene yes there you know a lot of them have died off at this point yeah but I, I remember I also lied about my age um I remember this 25 year old guy that I was hooking up with found out that I was 15 and he was so upset and I thought he was the hottest coolest person in the world because he worked at H&M and now I'm looking, and he had a, he had a lip ring, and I just thought that was, yeah. But now I look back, and these people are, you know, losers. Right. So sleeping with children. Exactly, and I don't know what that says. I mean, right. On the one hand, it's like I was really young, but also I think a lot of these people were in like various states of arrested development themselves because right. they had all been drinking for God knows how long. I mean. I knew people with like a, um, you know, whatever, a heroin habit uh-huh. that, you know, I mean, some of those people, I, I think they have now passed away. Mm-hmm. I didn't keep in touch with a lot of those people. But my drinking stayed sort of on onwards from high school. Mm-hmm. I never really thought of it as a problem because, again, it was a social lubricant. Everyone I knew was drinking. Right, right. Um, and then... As I kind of moved away from that post-punk revival scene, because I got to the point where nobody cared about those bands anymore, and then it was kind of embarrassing. You're like, oh, you listen to The Strokes? Well, you know, why not listen to, like, the bands that they actually ripped off instead? Um, but, you know, the drinking stayed the same. I like I like My social circle changed. Instead of hanging out with these old men, I started hanging out with people that were closer to my own age, but were DJs. And, Mm. you know, they were also drinking and I'd started using cocaine in high school. So that just went over to to the DJ culture. And then, you know, same but different. uh, Right. And then sometimes ecstasy or whatever Mm -hmm. other things we would dabble with. And that went into my early 30s. And, and, you know, I definitely cut back. I wasn't blacking out as much. But I still think that most of my social life revolves around drinking. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I got... I don't even know if you can call it dumped because this person didn't break up with me. They just kind of stopped talking. Yeah. They just kind of like stopped talking to me. They stopped showing interest in me, but it was like very sudden. Oh yeah. Um, I've I've been dumped that way before. It was like, you know, went on a, they went on a vacation and then they came back and were like, you know, still texting me, but then they were just like, Oh, I I can't meet up with you. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just really stressed out with work. And, and then I was just like, Am, am I crazy? Wait, or is this- I have a th- this is okay. I have a theory about people going on vacation early in a relationship. It's always the kiss of death. Like when whenever it's you start true. seeing someone, if one of you goes on vacation, it's over. I I agree. So like every single time. So this right. So this person who shall. I don't know. We'll see if they if they if they remain anonymous or not. <laughs> Nameless. <laughs> we can we can uh, redact. Right. So anyway, this person continued to text me and make plans with me, but then would not follow through on the plans. 
And this is after dating for, you know, nearly a year. So I was like, am I going crazy? Or is this person like, what's going on? So I eventually, I finally, you know, got myself together enough to ask them. And then they basically said, oh, all verbatim. They said, you know, my, my head and my heart just aren't into it. And you're just like, so then, then why were you making plans with me? Yeah. Like, literally, why were you asking me to go to dinner and movies with you this week? And they're like, they had no answer. So... That just sent me into a tailspin of, like, despair. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't know at the time, but I now looking back on it, like, this person was not good for me, but also this person gaslit me in a sense. And because I spent so much of my formative years and my adult years drinking, I never really learned how to cope with these um, feelings of rejection. I was never really dumped. I mean, other people had, you know, kind of, like, lost interest, but it was mutual. Right. But this... So I had no coping skills for this mm-hmm. and it sent me into a, you know, a, a tailspin basically where I was like crawling around my apartment and calling my friends crying hysterically and, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we're going to get back together. I showed up at, tried at this person's work and oh, was like, let's, my God. We, we could make it work. I'm sorry. And this person literally ran away from me and oh I ran God. after them. Everyone has been there. It's fine. It's, it's so hard to think about. I'm I'm just having flashbacks of the crazy shit that I've done yeah, to like try to win people back. I mean, I literally ran down the street after this person, uh, and they ran away from me. Yeah, no, like I've, I've, I've never I've, had someone run away from me before. <laughs> I wish I could. Yeah, I, it's happened on more than one occasion. Um, for me. And Christ. you know, I could have handled that rejection by doing what I would normally do when I was upset, which is drink. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. I realized that that was just going to make me feel worse. Smart. And I decided, you know, I, I kind of dabbled with Al-Anon in the past because my, um, from a previous relationship, that person was an alcoholic and I knew a little bit about Al-Anon and I stopped going because I had a stalker in Al-Anon. Awesome. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't know why that happens a lot, but it does <laughs> to me at least. Um, it's a weird program, the whole program right it, it attracts like different types of personalities for sure yeah and um but i just you know i just was like committed to staying sober this time and i and i realized that drinking was not going to be the solve that was going to make me feel better yeah it would and be the opposite actually right and and i just never picked up after that you know i just like tried to stay sober i had a lot of friends i mean in a you know the rolling stones say like all my friends are junkies in one of their songs and all my friends are junkies or they're you know in recovery so i just kind of leaned on my friends in recovery Uh oh that's really nice and i support you know and now looking back on it several years later you know i'm I'm thankful because had i drank i probably would have ended up sleeping with somebody that i didn't like and i wouldn't feel any better about the the breakup or whatever you want to call it and oh my God, I would have felt be, so much worse. Yeah. And I would just be in a worse place, but not drinking and just like taking that time to process my feelings and realize I wasn't really upset about this person. It was, I was upset about, you know, the rejection I felt in my life from my, my father and my, you know, mm-hmm. just like having a bad relationship with my, with my parents because of my drinking when I was younger. Right. And once I realized that it wasn't about this other person, I was like, I'm, I have no reason to drink. And I'm just like, and I just kind of, you know, got my life together in a way that I never, that I never did in my twenties. I was just kind of existing and 
you know. That's and incredible. Now, yeah. Wow. So it took that kind of breakup, that kind of begging, running down the street. <laughs> so I guess that would be a rock bottom, maybe. Yeah, I but don't know. Just, I've definitely had worse experiences yeah. drinking. I mean, I've been arrested multiple times, mm-hmm, and same, yet but I it's always, never it wasn't the my rock one. bottom because <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I I found a way to justify it in my head. I was like, oh, yeah. like everyone has like a bad night drinking. Yeah, yeah. Who cares if you know? I I spent the night in jail, mm-hmm. and I would go back. It's not gonna happen I would, again. Yeah, and yeah. then I would like you know wait a couple weeks and then start drinking again. And then not that I was going to jail every week, but I just that wasn't the enough of a reason for me to stop yeah same i find that a lot of people have the same rationale for their quitting when i quit i kind of had a similar reason i slept through work and i was just like i can't lose another job because of my drinking my life is becoming unmanaged well i've never gone to a meeting before but i i had acknowledged that my life had become unmanageable and yeah I also just stopped because I your stories mirror mine so much I relate to so much you just said that makes me feel better no oh my god your whole going to the bar crawls looking for famous people thing is something I did like I was way too old to be doing and it's just I think it's a really mature and enlightening decision that you made for yourself to realize that it wasn't about him it's you and it's like it's what you need to cope with it's just like huge I feel like that would take me years to figure out right and also looking back like that relationship was nothing to write home about Mm -hmm. it was like he was giving me like breadcrumbs you know like I know the exact type and to top it off like he also had a drinking Mm -hmm. problem because there were times where he was would drink and and one time he he drank I mean we went out together but he drank more than I did and I remember like we took a cab to visit my other friend at a bar Mm -hmm. after leaving this party and he just got out of the cab and started running down the street Mm -hmm. and I had to run after him right so this is like a I'm constantly running after this person (laughs) and I'm like where are you going and he had no idea where he was going but he was just running away from me (laughs) and I had to take him home and put him to bed. And then the next day he was so sorry. And, and, you know, he never admitted that he was like, Oh yeah. I mean, we're, he's like, you know, you and I were, we're problem drinkers. And I was like, what the hell is now? I'm like, what the hell is a problem drinker? I'm like, no, it's like you have alcohol use disorder and you can justify it in any way you want, but it's the same thing. Problem no, drinkers. Yeah, problem drinker is like you're an alcoholic. Like, yeah. Let's that's... let's be real, okay? <laughs> I mean, there's different There are he, he's just like a really bad drunk. That's like another. Right. And I mean, I've dated <laughs> other people drunk. that are like, you know, have like a chemical dependency to alcohol, so mm-hmm. they're actually like, you know, have a seizure if they stop mm-hmm, drinking, so mm-hmm. it's much more dire. But I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's the same thing. So that person was clearly in denial and dealing with a lot of other things that I'm not right. even going to get into. <laughs> but yeah, and it wasn't about that person at all. And I'm like, why was I so upset about that person? Like, I'm like, he did me a favor, right? And it's he, so did, cl- he really did. I know. And it's so cliche when people say that, but it, you just need that perspective and uh-huh. time away, sober time to really like know yourself. Yep. I feel like this is like the first time that I've gotten to know myself Mm -hmm. without having to hide behind alcohol. I sometimes am an anxious person, which is why I used to drink, but now I'd rather be a little 
uncomfortable or awkward than hide behind alcohol because then that's not me i'm just like embarrassing things can happen embarrassing things happen always happen (laughs) yeah and i'm just and also it's like yeah sometimes i would people are like oh you're so funny when you drink because it'll just you know you say what there's no filter yeah yeah but then there's just a little you just have a little bit more and and then then you're like funny anymore it's not cute and then you're just like the mean embarrassing drunk or worse so i just choose not to do any of that yeah yeah i never knew when to draw the line and also a lot of the time it was just like get as drunk as possible as fast as possible to like not have these thoughts but that's so amazing that when i got sober it was so hard for me to be with myself because that's why i drink too and now i can finally say that i like hanging out with myself and i don't want to talk for you but what was it like when you first stopped did you get cravings did you go to meetings i did go to meetings um I'm not, I don't go to meetings anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I do think that there is value to the 12 steps. And I definitely think that if it helps someone that they should do it. Um, if I ever feel like I sometimes I'll do like a zoom meeting, but I'm just not militant right. about AA for me because it's not even so much the meetings. And I don't know if that's like New York because I've gone to meetings in like Los Angeles and not felt this way. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of times the meetings here like attract a certain type of person. Um, and I don't necessarily mesh with that person. And it's just like a weird social Interesting. circle that like I've met some amazing people in AA. So I don't want to say otherwise, but I've also met a lot of toxic personalities there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but I just I have to draw the line. I just can't have okay. any toxicity in my life. Sobriety <laughs> is not the cure all for. Right. For and her. and now it's just, you know, I try to like I just try to especially with the pandemic, I spent a lot of time alone and I'm like grateful for being with myself. So do I get cravings? No. Cause I never really had a chemical yeah, dependency on the alcohol. If I was in a social setting, would I get cravings? Yeah. When I started, when I first stopped and would go to bars before everything closed with friends and people mm-hmm. were drinking, I would definitely be, I'd it have sucked. a craving because <laughs> you know, everybody else was just like happy and laughing. And I yeah. was like, I can't, I felt like I couldn't get to that place without alcohol. You you kind of can't. Yeah, right. You kind of can't. I mean, yeah, you if you're thinking, point, but it, then it gets to a point where they get super drunk, and it's like this isn't funny. This is kind of sad to watch, you know. Right, and also just I and guess it's just my personality is like it's easier for me to get depressed than it is for me to get happy. If that makes sense, like I have to work twice as hard to oh, get I, happy. That makes total sense. I've never um, heard anyone put it that way, but but yeah, yeah. So it. you know, because I'm just sort of like a. I guess like an empathetic person and it's good and bad because I, I feel like other people's so you would feel pain and negative emotions. Like I, I feel them. And so when I get that way, I would definitely crave the alcohol because it kind of gives me that barrier. Right. You, you would feel bad like for your friends who were drinking and just getting drunk. Oh, Is not that, even my friends, just like just people, anyone? anyone, like I can just feel other people's pain. Wow. So that's not a great trait to have it's, in New York City. It's a it's a nice one. I like I I wish I had that. It's very hard for me to step outside of myself. I'm working really hard on it. And I'm trying to be a better listener, but I feel like I'm just like interrupting you and this is something that I've been working on being more empathetic. 
Do you have any tips? On oh, no, on I don't it? I don't think you're interrupting me. If anything, I think you're just trying to understand what I'm saying. Um, I need you are doing a really good job with the articulation and yeah, just the going. only tip I would say is just, uh, you know, really trying to listen and I don't, I don't know how else to put it, but it's just like right. a feeling that I get when I'm with somebody, I can feel that you can really, I really can read listen them. for yeah. their emotion and not really their content maybe. Yes. And, and it's like when I was drinking, then I couldn't feel their emotion if that makes sense, because I was like. When you're when I'm drinking, I'm too caught up in myself. Uh-huh. But when I'm sober, I can feel people's emotions, and then even while while they're drunk, right, anytime. Uh-huh. But also, what I realized was that after drinking, as I got older, it would take me like, you know, just like two or three days to recover from the drinking. Oh yeah, and that's two days that I would lose, and also, you know, it would be like an apparition, sort of like just like floating through life, but I wasn't really participating. Right. Because I would be, like, embarrassed about what I did and then just, like, felt really crappy physically, like, have a headache. Yeah. I mean, your skin looks horrible. It's just, like, it's not cute. It's not a good look. It's not. Seamless thing, like, three times in a day. Yeah. Just, yeah. The hangovers. I used to live next, when I was, like, 18, my first apartment on 7th Street between 1st and A. There was literally, right next door to me, a Thai restaurant like literally like you could like stick your hand out the window and touch the Thai restaurant uh-huh. and I would have them I would like order delivery and have them bring it to my house because yeah. I was too drunk to get out of bed. Yep. That is common amongst alcoholics. It's embarrassing as hell. It's shameful. <laughs> but yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> listening, really listening and focusing on emotions. How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good. I mean, yeah. I like I said the pandemic has been really hard on everyone, obviously, but the one thing that I got out of it is, you know, this time with myself mm-hmm. to really like, you know, I can say what I, I know what I want now. Whereas before I was always like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Listeners, you hear that? Doesn't that sound good? But you, you have a boyfriend, right? You're not I do alone all the time. Yeah. I mean, I have a boyfriend. You could say, um, I made a joke before. Like, I'm in a timeshare relationship because he's someone that's been in my life for, like, over 10 years. That's a long time. Um, But because he also, he has a, like, a severe, actually, alcohol addiction. A chemical one? A chemical one. And he also has comorbid conditions, like post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he's, it's a work in progress. And I've definitely, like, we've, you know, taken space and time apart, but, like, at the end of the day, I still feel like he is my person. Right. But he often has to go to rehab because he relapses. Like, he does well for a while, and he's on antabuse, which is, like, you know, disulfiram. It's a medication that you take that makes you physically sick if you ingest alcohol. Yeah, I looked it up. I didn't know that existed. Yeah, I mean, it's not foolproof because the issue is that, you know, alcoholics, true alcoholics will either stop taking it or, like, what he would do is, like, he will time he it takes like 14 days for it to be out of your liver or something yeah. so he i was just in la and he um he was doing really well actually he had like two months two and a half months i think sober and before that he was in rehab so longer and then he knew i was leaving so on some level i guess he planned it and he stopped taking his medication because i would ask him like did you take your medicine and 
he said he would, but he he now told me he was lying. Which is an alcohol an ad, an addict. Yeah, because it was behavior. crazy making behavior, and then he was, and so he stopped taking his medicine. And when I came home, he hadn't gone to work in a week. The house mm. was a mess, and I was like, and he was, and it's not like he was enjoying himself. He was literally yeah. in bed, sick, and I'm like, what did you do? And then you know he had to go to rehab again. That's the thing that people who do not suffer from addiction or have a loved one who does it's not like people with addictions are having fun right they're not doing it for fun they don't feel good about doing it yeah it's like a self-hatred amplified like he i mean he even said it was like insanity because you know now that he's had some time to think about it in rehab i was like what were you planning on doing while i was gone and he was like well, I just figured I'd have like two days off. So I was going to drink for two days and then I was going to get it together and go to work. And I'm like, but you know that when you have that first drink, you can't stop. And there's never like, you're never just going to have one. And he's been, you know, in and out of rehab for a very long time. And he's been in the rooms. He's He knows all of it. Mm-hmm. And yet some part of him, like, you know, he's still, his brain yeah. still makes those decisions. Relapse is so normal. It's part of recovery. Recovery is forever. Have you relapsed before? I haven't this time. I think in the past, I definitely, there were periods where I would just stop drinking. Uh-huh. And I w- it was more because I was running from some kind of shame or something, something that I'd done while I was drunk. Right. Oh, and yeah. So, I'm never drinking again. Yeah. And then yeah. I would, you know, end up drinking again. Mm-hmm. So you can say, but it was, I never really had the resolve mm-hmm. the way I did this time. And then... Yeah, when it sticks, it you know. Well, and you I know, actually and had another traumatic experience, like much worse than that one. So basically, I I wrote about this before. I um after that breakup, I became friends with a girl named Catherine that was like I knew sort of like we were acquainted, but we weren't very close through mutual friends. And then she kind of became like a very close friend of mine that I would spend a lot of time with. And she was also in recovery. And, um, I mean, it was nice to have someone else that, like, could really understand, you know, what it was like to not drink. And yeah. not, and, and then, like, we obviously, like, connected on a lot of other levels. So I felt like she was, like, a little sister to me. Uh-huh. But she ended up overdosing and she passed away. I'm so sorry to hear that. Thank you. So It is, it is so common. Yeah. And so... That was another, you know, that was a chance or that was a chance for me to, that was like a great excuse for me to like be like, well, you know, my friend died, I can drink now, but I chose to stick to my guns and not drink. So good for you. And didn't it like, didn't it feel so much better to get through it? Yeah. I had, so it will be two years on the sixth that my brother overdosed and died. And back then in 2019, I had three months of sobriety and I had the choice. I had the same exact choice you had. And I am so grateful I chose sobriety because if I hadn't, it just yeah, I'm, would have I'm sorry been so much worse. Too. Oh, thank you. It, it just sucks that so many people have have these stories and they just keep happening. And I don't even know what the answer is anymore. I've I've worked with harm reduction. It's it's just so sad. The me- yeah, it was so hard. Like 
I mean, to, you know, to, to say it was traumatizing is like, you know, <laughs> right. really not, you know, just doesn't even come close to like what I experienced. But basically I went to dinner with her, uh, I think of like August, almost two years ago, uh-huh. she invited me to dinner and, um, and I noticed something was off as soon as I, you know, went to dinner because she was slurring. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that she would already, she had already relapsed. And then she was like, oh, please don't judge me. Like, I just wanted to drink yeah, like everyone else. And I'm just like, what do I do? I'll, right. I'll talk to her when she sobers up. And so we went to her house because she like the restaurant was right below her house. And uh-huh. she we went upstairs and her mom was there. Wow. And her mom was like sitting and reading a book. Her mom's like elderly and has dementia. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I didn't know any of this at the time. And then she's like, oh, like, you know, pick a movie. I'll be right back. And so I went into her bedroom and I was like trying to watch a movie in her room and she didn't come back out. And I'm oh, like, no. what is she doing? It's been a while. So I went out and I'm like, you know, where's where's Catherine? Like it's been and her mom's like, oh, I don't know. She's in the bathroom. And so I knocked on the door. She didn't answer. And then oh no, had to knock the door in basically and with my shoulder and I. And then she was there. She was like late. She was like sprawled out on the floor, completely blue, had to call an ambulance um, and they revived her. Wow. Which was crazy. Right. And that is, uh, yeah, that, that's amazing. I had two of my friends come and meet me and uh, we went in an ambulance with her to the hospital. And then afterwards we went to eat at Veselka. <laughs> And, you know, I remember business as usual. Yeah. And I remember like the text because she like sent me a text the next day and she said, like, God put you into my life to save me. And then, you know, but then she died two months later. That's heartbreaking. Oh, that's so sad. I'm I'm sorry. Everyone should always carry Narcan. That's something that I've learned from my loss because you can save someone's life. It, yeah, that's a that's a thing. I just since the death of my brother, I've been trying to figure out how to make things better or what would make things better, and I'm still at a loss. I still don't know because people are always gonna have bad things happen to them, and they're always gonna wanna deal with it with things that are so readily available like alcohol or drugs and you know they are things that make you feel good right and yeah I don't know I don't know what it's like to not be an alcoholic like I can't what is the point of having just one drink like what is the point of that I don't know I mean I I I can imagine because sometimes uh when I've been to dinner with people I've had a um or like with my boyfriend since he doesn't drink I try to Mm mm-hmm he'll get like an O'Doul's, like a non-alcoholic uh-huh. beer. Yeah. But I'm just not, it's not clear to me as to like, he's like, oh, I just like the taste. I'm like, do you? He, my, um, my person, he uh, started drinking so many seltzers just because he likes the holding the can as if it were like a beer. So it's like. Right. It's like some, it's like, like a, a fixation of some like kind. A, it's like a vape or something. Right. In lieu of smoking cigarettes. Which is something that a lot of people in recovery do. They, they smoke a cig- lot yeah. <laughs> of cigarettes. Yeah, I never even really smoked unless I was drinking. And then when I was going to meetings, that's when I picked up smoking again. But I've quit since then. And I switched to 
the O'Doul's version of cigarettes, which is my vape, my jewel. Right. Which I'm trying to get off of, too. But it's really difficult during a pandemic when I get very little physical activity and I'm trying not to like eat myself into obesity basically but that's another conversation so what makes sorry for that tangent so you've dated you've dated people with alcoholism before and your current boyfriend has yeah I know he's your person and I know sobriety I'm sure helps you like get through it and help Mm him but what is different what what gets you through these these relapses and well I I think so they're all sort of interrelated right like if I didn't have the relationship I had with my parents Mm -hmm. which was like you know my father was like this is like very Freudian but like my father was very distant and cold yeah um and then he's also passed away since and um thank you and, um, you know, maybe then I wouldn't have picked up drinking when I did, you know, and like try to be more social. And maybe I wouldn't have dated other people that were alcoholics because they reminded me of my father. He wasn't necessarily an alcoholic, but he had other addictions. Like he had a gambling addiction and they're all pretty much the same. So would I still probably end up dating people like that if I didn't have these issues? Maybe not. It's not that I date the person I'm dating now because of that. I'm dating him in spite of it. At mm-hmm. this point. Right. Because yeah. now, you know, we have other things in common, obviously. Uh-huh. But the way that I get through it now versus before is that before it was a huge crisis every time he would relapse and that would be like me hysterical, you know, like, what do I do? How am I going to get through this? I had to go to Al-Anon and like cry on other people's shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, and then maybe have a drink. Um, but now... <laughs> I realized that, you know, he's not, he's part of my life, but he's not my whole life. And if he has a relapse, then, you know, I I can be there for him, but I also, I don't enable him, but that's different than, you know, I'm not, I'm not in, I don't believe in just being like completely shutting him out. Like people are like, Oh, why do you still talk to him? Right, right, right. He's done the whole thing where he's, you know, I've kicked him out and he's had to live in a shelter before it doesn't work for him because that's not, it's not a healthy place to be when you have these other issues like post-traumatic stress disorder, there's a lot of like violent Mm -hmm. and mentally ill people there. And that's just not the place for him. Right. I just think my, my mind view or like my worldview even has shifted. And now, you know, if he gets, if he relapses, then he relapses and that's my world doesn't end. If he relapses, that's just something that, you know, he has to work through and I can be there for him, but I'm not before it's like, if he relapsed, I'm like, I know I'd be on the floor. That's it. Mm-hmm. I can't do work. Uh-huh. I'm not going to shower that day. I'm not going to eat. My dog is going to be neglected. I'm not going to walk him. But now it's just I have to keep moving forward. And if, you know, hopefully I hope that he can get it together. And if he can't, then that's a conversation that I'll have to have with him down the road. But it's just it doesn't end my life. That is such a mature and enlightening stance to have on that. Just to recognize that he's not your whole world, but he is part of it right now. Right. I just, it took me a really long time to figure out that's how relationships work. That that's it's how like, two, normal it's, relationships yeah, work. It's like two different people, you know? It's good that you don't lean. That yeah. He doesn't prop you up, you don't prop him up. I think that's really cool. And that's a really smart position to be in that you put yourself in. And you probably wouldn't have been able to do that while still 
using and drinking. No, right? I definitely yeah. wouldn't have. I just, you know, I remember, like, uh, years ago, like, I, because uh, we'd broken up, right? So I dated this other person, and then that was a disaster. But in the past, <laughs> when I remember, like, on a birthday, I had a really horrible birthday, and then he, like, relapsed or, like, was, like, drinking. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, he you know what? I ruined my birthday, and I was like, "I'm gonna show him." So what did I do? I went downstairs and ended up getting like a bunch of shots with a stranger, mm-hmm. and then, yep. you know, and then nothing happened. Fortunately, like, but it's not like I felt better right. in the morning. I felt worse, and mm-hmm. then I was just also like confused because I was like, "Did something happen with this?" Scary. Str- and the stranger was just some like random old man that like mm-hmm. I had zero interest in, but. You know, yes. he was just someone to listen to me blabber on about how my boyfriend was an asshole. Right, right. Was it at Four Leanies? It was at Four Leanies. Yeah. I think it was like I some like Italian, like, like some old Italian man. I had I had the full picture of that happening in my head. I I watched it just now. Um, <laughs> just can we agree that your life gets so much better once you quit drinking? It does, and I mean, like in every single there was definitely way. some dark days. Um, this past year with COVID. Right. Um, and just like my social circles really shrunk. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't really, sometimes there will be days where the only other, not even person, the only, the, my dog will be the only. Uh, He's a person. <laughs> person I talk to. <laughs> and there was definitely days where I'd be depressed about that. But I just have to remember that if I was drinking, I would be so much more depressed and also physically ill. Mm-hmm. And then just also, like, I can There's nowhere I'm, you know, to go. I'm, yeah, <laughs> and 40 is approaching. Like, I need to start taking care of my face now because mm-hmm. you ever see what, like, those older Dude, that is a, look like? That in itself is just, like, a huge number one, like, a gr- really great reason to quit. If you care about aging, that is, yeah, it ages you so fast. Just yeah, living I like mean, that, that lifestyle. It's strange because, like, my boyfriend. I didn't mean you just now. I think you look great. <laughs> But my boyfriend, though, like, looks, is. you can't even tell, like, when he sobers up, like, he just, like, looks much younger than he is, and and I'm always, like, I don't understand, but, you know, that's, he has, like, some freak genes, and yeah. I just know that that's not me, and if I drink, then I just, like, my face is dry, mm-hmm. and then I don't really eat, and so it's just, like, you know, it's one thing after the other. Yeah, when it's time, it's time. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, like, way past the expiration point of, like, I should have, like, quit when all my other friends quit, you know, they've yeah. got, like, oh, that, much more sober time than me. That is another thing. So when you quit, it's so nice to find other people who are in recovery because most, almost, pretty much all of my friends are alcoholics, some who acknowledge it, some who don't, some who are trying, some who are in recovery, but it's really hard to find other people who don't drink and who understand the process of recovery and they kind of just stand out to you when you when you see like when you meet a sober person it's like oh my god this is amazing i can't believe there's a cool sober person yeah it's weird because it's like you know there's like those people where you're like okay this person is really lame but then there's this whole other side and there's all these now it's it's funny because i'll meet people and like the person that's drinking is just kind of like eh but then, like, the sober person, like, I see that person in, like, you know, they're in, like, vibrant, like, technicolor, and the, right. everyone else is in black and white. And uh-huh. I'm, like, because there is, like, a whole group of, like, I mean, alcoholics in general, I don't know what it is, but it's, maybe it's just, like, family of origin. But I just feel like there's, like, a lot of, I mean, obviously not everyone, but there's a lot of, like, people my age that are, like, interesting 
who have this whole like inner world or they're artists Mm -hmm. or they're writers. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, you can't, I mean, sure you can, but you can't write your truth and have something to talk about if you haven't overcome anything. And it's like, totally. how many people, so most people that are like, that I feel like I can relate to or have like, you know, had to give up drinking or drugging or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And so I can relate to them more than I can relate to someone who has like nothing going on. I feel the same way. I envy those people. But it does make you more interesting and it makes you stronger and more self-reflective. Yeah, because I mean, like I, it's not that I... I definitely have regrets for things that I did when I drank, but at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily get take them away because if I didn't have those experiences, would I be, you know, the person that I am now? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Do you like the person you are now? I do. I definitely struggled with other things besides the, the drinking, which I also wrote about before. It was like just low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, addiction manifests itself in a lot of different ways. So it wasn't just... My addiction to drinking or even like cocaine, although cocaine, I was I just gave up one day. I just like woke up and I was like, okay, no one does cocaine anymore. So (laughs) I didn't I haven't done that in like, you know, over 10 years. But like the drinking was like it was harder to give up. But the other thing was that I I never thought about until a couple of years ago was that I had this um, body dysmorphia. Mm. So addiction to my looks and it still manifests itself in different ways. I'm not I'm not saying that I'm cured. But I just have to keep it in check because I went down this path of like, oh, I'm going to go to, you know, get a little bit of plastic surgery. And then I ended up going to Columbia with two of my friends and getting like, you know, full body liposuction and all this other stuff because it was cheap. And I was like, well, you know, they're all doing it. So I'm going to do it, too. Um, Cool. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, but I just realized that it wasn't even about am I I'm like happy with my body now, but it wasn't that my body was like horrible before there's not that much of a difference to be perfectly honest. Right. Like, you it's know, not really what you look like. It's yeah. It was like. more, it was what I felt like. Exactly. So I think that my not drinking has kind of also made me accept other aspects of my mm-hmm. personality. Like, and not only my personality, right. Cause I'd be like, Oh, I'm so annoying or this person, you know, <laughs> I gotta keep my mouth shut because people say I talk too much or whatever. Um, but also just like my, I've accepted like things about my looks that I maybe I didn't like before. I'm like, Oh, she's like, People would say like, oh, you know, she's like scrawny or like too skinny mm-hmm. or, you know, I need liposuction. People then... need to keep their little opinions to themselves. Yeah. And <laughs> but, I, yeah, but I mean, all these things like that, they're all related. They're not like you just woke up and you're like, oh, I have body dysmorphia. It's like, yeah, I yeah. have it all. <laughs> right. Right. And I think everyone has that to an extent because, you know, society. Yeah. But yeah, addiction manifests in so many different ways. And then just the, like, lack of impulse control. Like, I mean... Oh, my God, my shopping... I also wrote about that, but... uh, My shopping is out of control. Right, so I had, like, a shopping (laughs) issue for a long time, which is now... I don't even, like, I'm like, why did I buy all this? Like, I don't... I wear sweatpants every day. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But also, just, like, when my father passed away, I got, you know, like, a sizable inheritance. Uh But you wouldn't know that because I spent it all. Yeah. Like, I have... You know, I could have spent it on something, like... I don't know, like real estate, but Mm -hmm. I spent spent it on like drinks Mm -hmm. and Ubers (laughs) and and shopping. So I, you know, I mean, these are all I, you know, I realize now these are all ways that like addiction manifests itself because Mm -hmm. it was the lack of impulse control. Yeah. Had I thought about it, I wouldn't have done those things. But I was just like, yeah, I just needed that fix. And I was like, and I got that, you know, when you whatever it is, like a drink Mm -hmm. or even like 
you know, buying some expensive pair of shoes, you get that rush. Oh, yeah. But then later, like... It feels like shit. Yeah, and then you're just, like, looking at them and you're like, I don't even like them that much. Uh Or, like, why did I get them in this color? Yep. I have... I um, just bought a jade bangle that stuck on me forever that I hate, (laughs) like, so much. So I... Okay, so I went and bought a jade bangle for a lot of money because I was like, I just really want a jade bangle, you know? Not that I can afford it. I just, like, had to have it. Then two days later, it slipped off, or I took it off in the shower, and it shattered on the floor. And I went I went back and got another jade bangle, the one I'm wearing now, and it is nothing like the first one. But I just had to do it anyway because I needed to have a jade bangle. So I spent a lot of money on something twice, and I don't even like this, and I have to look at it forever like a tattoo so yeah i i get it yeah this is like the time that i lost like a very like a sentimental i had this like little chanel bag that my aunt gave me and it was like you know one of the cool camera bags from the 80s mm-hmm. and then i got drunk at a bar mm. and i left it in the bathroom mm-hmm. and then like someone stole it yeah and then i was like oh my god i have to find it so then i like you know scour the internet and spent like you know, yeah. three times whatever it was worth to replace it mm-hmm. and now i don't care yeah oh my god yeah i left a gucci bag in a taxi once blacked out but i still had my phone in my hand i was like how do i have my oh i guess i just never put my phone down it's another addiction that phone <laughs> but yeah it is a long journey and your boyfriend's in rehab now yeah so do you do you talk every night every day yeah, I don't know. Do you visit what him? His, I don't visit him now because it's like upstate and, um, you know, I don't know how good it is for me to visit him because I feel like he sometimes, well, he tries like to lean on me too much. Right, that makes right, sense. Right. And like, you know, he's very like charming and um, he's like a, a nice outgoing person when he's sober. So he usually like becomes really good friends with staff. Right at rehabs and so he gets like you know special privileges like he gets to call me like three times a day yeah and i'm like why are you getting this privilege and it's like oh i don't know and then he you know i'm like and then you know he's like chatting with the like you hear Uh the counselor in the background and you're like okay i mean yeah and i'm not taking it like he's actually just like a really fun nice person but i sometimes worry about that because i feel like he gets this special treatment so it takes away from his treatment plan man you're so cool I'm good at seeing things for what they are. Well, it's taken me a, quite a while to get here. Wow. I aspire to be anywhere near where you are. You write every day. I, I do. Like, oh, my God. Just that alone for me is so huge and inspirational and admirable. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. And I you mean, proud of you thank too. you. I appreciate that. I, um, I think... I was, like, really stagnant in my life for, like, a really long time, especially in my 20s. You know, I was doing stuff, but it just wasn't going anywhere. Like, I'd have this little job at, like, you know, Barney's or, like, some other stupid place Mm -hmm. um, just to make ends meet. And then I was like, oh, but what I really want to do is I want to write. And so then I'd have this, like... I had, like, an internship at a interview magazine, mm-hmm. and then I was like, this isn't going anywhere, and then I was, like, at Nylon, and that wasn't going anywhere, and then I was at Milk Studios, and that wasn't going anywhere, and I I just, like, channeled all this, like, my frustrations into partying. Like, I would just go out and get right. drunk. Yeah, this is and so New York. 
you know and then it's like where did it none of those places like none of that stuff got me anywhere right so like i feel like i have to make up for all that time that i wasted because had i been more disciplined i could have you yeah. know had a way more stuff Absolutely. out there than i, I do now thinking about that yeah you have to take you're really good at taking control of your life and it's truly inspiring and really good for you Thanks. Yeah. And then, you know, my friend, the one that passed away, actually, she was also um, involved with writing. So mm. I feel like in a way, you know, I'm not really, but I feel like I'm fulfilling something that she didn't get to do. So yeah. I'm kind of living for her. Right. Um, yeah. Because I had like nice. a, you know, she was like a really important person to me. And so. Yeah. I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah. Thanks. It sucks. My motivation to finish my book, well, amongst other things, similarly, my brother who died, he was the only one who read the whole thing that I have had so far written mm-hmm. out loud to me, which helped with the edit so much. Uh, no one's ever done that for me before, and it was his idea to do. He's pretty much the only one of two people who's ever read it, and he's like, you need to finish. And Anyway, sorry to make it all about me. Oh no, you're not. But I think that's I think that's nice. That is a nice way to honor someone's memory and do something for her. That's so sad. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I wish there was more for me to say, but it's like, yeah, a, I, you know. I mean, I really like dug deep with that one, you know, because it it like really messed me up too. Because mm-hmm. it yeah, was like I that was don't... like my like I was already I was so sad about. Um, the way someone ran away from me. Right. And then she kind of like came into my life and was like, you know, my best friend, someone that I spent like almost every day with. And then she was gone too. So that was like, yeah, I mean, addiction, you know, addiction. Well, your story has unfolded very beautifully thus far. It is always, it is always a journey though. A long and slow recovery is what they say. Anyway, thank you, Susie. We're about at the mark of an hour. Thank you. It's <laughs> you, been a pleasure. Do you have anything you want to say before we bid our farewells? Um, I, I guess the only thing I would say for anyone who may be struggling is that, you know, it, it gets better. And just really... <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, it, you everyone says that but it really does get better you might it might not be tomorrow it might not be next week and it might take time but you know you just keep at it and one day you will wake up and you will just feel like a weight will be lifted off of you oh my god that's true thank you so much Susie. yeah you're welcome okay bye listeners <laughs>